Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by Maria Thayer, and we engage in what might be the longest segment in Jordan Jesse Go history. It has a lot of feelings. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. A cool, beautiful evening at the mountain. Hey, Jesse? Yes. Can Sorry. I hijack the intro? Today? Oh, well, it seems like you already have. Uh,. You I usually do got, the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, technically I'm the no, host. No, I know, of the show. I know. People are dying to know what the weather is like in Los Angeles. It's a big reason right. people tune in. I hear well, a lot I of know people... what I'm calling the headquarters this week. Yeah, um, but I got uh, I, I saw some some internet chatter uh-huh. um, that people wished we did more uh, kind of written original comedy on the show. Yeah. Have you seen these comments? Yeah, no, some people miss when we used to do, like, sketches and stuff on the old sound of Young America when we were in college. Well, I actually have, I I wrote, I, I took that criticism or that right. suggestion to, to, to heart, yeah. uh, and I wrote a little comedy sketch to start the show off today. Really? Just like when we used to be in the uh, popular sketch comedy group Prank the Dean, touring the nation. Exactly. Um, so this is a comedy sketch. This is a comedy sketch uh, uh, concerning the rapper Wale. Sure, yeah. W-A-L-E. Washington, D.C. rapper. Um, This is him being interviewed. Okay. And I will be playing Wale. Right. And you will be playing the interviewer. So I have my lines memorized, so I'll just hand that to you. uh, Okay, I've not seen this script. So just, yeah, imagine, um, um, just set the scene, just imagine it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a classy interview show. We're just trying to remember that acting is about choices. Sure. Uh, So, uh, Wale, where did you go to college? I graduated from Yale. Yeah. You mean Yale? Is that how it's pronounced? That's the comedy sketch. That was a really amazing yeah. sketch. Thank you so much no for problem. sharing that, Jordan. No problem. That is, a really, that is a really beautiful sketch. Thanks. I mean, I want to entertain, but I also want to provoke thought. Yeah, absolutely. And about... to, to a certain extent, uh, provoke racial animus. <laughs> Exactly. I'm trying to start a race war. <laughs> yeah. So I think you've really succeeded on all counts. I laughed, I thought, and now I want to start a race war. There you go. My job is done. Um, I'm it- a modern day Mark Twain. <laughs> anyway, beautiful evening here yeah. at the Mountain Chalet, uh, Max Fun World Headquarters. Um, and speaking of beautiful, we have a beautiful yes. guest on the program uh, this week. You know her from uh, the hit television show uh, Strangers with Candy. You know her from uh, the hit film Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know her from uh, the hit television program starring Mr. Chris Elliott that's known as uh, Brave Strong, Eagleheart. <laughs> Eagleheart. Uh, please, strength, strength animal. Please please welcome to the show Maria Thayer. Maria, it is delightful yeah, to have you thank here. Thank you. Yeah. It's lovely to be here. It's, 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 I, I, not to, I don't want to... Not to Creep Please. out at the top of the show. Please, let's get the I'm creeping going to out. Risk at the creeping be- out at the top of yeah, the show. Let's get it you want to start? You want to start the show? You always want to start the show with something not creepy at all, like race war humor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just something that everyone can relate to. Sure, you know, I like to throw in a few Rahoa gags. <laughs> sure. and- Just like how 
just like how Bill Maher always opens up with a funny observation about <laughs> you know shopping, and then he gets into the political or, stuff. Or like if you go see the Andrew Dice Clay David Duke comedy tour, <laughs> you know the original racists of comedy. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. Um, I it's re- it was really nice to get to meet you under these circumstances because I have we've been in the same restaurant a few times, and I oh. I, I am 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 a a pretty giant fan. Uh, Strangers with Candy is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I think Eagleheart's a terrific show. And I wanted to say something and then never did. And I was wondering if if we went back, you know, a year to when this happened, how would you have felt if I would have said something? If I just would have come up to the table and said, hey, big fan. Is that annoying? No, I mean, what what were the, do you remember the circumstances? What restaurant? His was I with was someone? Out. Yes. <laughs> My dick was out. I was just doing some Sunday night flashing. Yeah. You know, I like to ha- I like to hang the brain on a Sunday night. Like you know how George Before I wearing, watched sixty minutes. You know how he's wearing like a plaid shirt and blue jeans yes, right now. You're just not lying. Uh-huh. Imagine imagine if he was wearing like a trench coat yes, and uh-huh. shoes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just a trench Socks? coat and shoes. Socks? Yeah, sure. White socks. With gar- well, white socks with garters. In that case, very classy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you're a gentleman. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, especially Stranger with the Candy, I always am happy. Maybe I'll regret saying this. Yeah. Yeah. But I, (laughs) I'm, I'm always happy when people come up because, you know, you, you called it a hit show, Jesse, but in reality, it was not a hit show. (laughs) 14 people watched that. Sure. It was, it was um, a hit show. It was a hit show in the people who like, uh, weird gay stuff demographic. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that not- Which I think to be fair, you can count both Jordan and myself in. Yes. We love it. <laughs> Happy to be in your company. And yeah. me too. I love I love that show, which I always find like maybe that's weird to say that I love a show that I'm on, but I certainly say I don't love a lot of shows that I'm on. Right. I hate this show. So I mean like I feel yeah. Like I feel I mean, you ate Eagle Heart, right? <laughs> you, no, I you love ate, Eagle Heart. You ate Chris Elliott. No. Yeah, Chris Elliott's a real fuckhole. Mm-hmm. No. Fuck that no, guy. No. No, that is also a show that I love. But um, uh, so I, I like it when people come up to, about, about Strange with Candy because I feel like there's very few of them and I feel like a fan. Actually, it, um, a lot of times, like maybe half the time that people come up to me, I feel it's a combination of like wanting to connect with them because they already feel like they know me. So yeah. I want to get to know them and also just feeling uncomfortable with maybe a compliment or something that I start asking them questions like, what's your name? You know, how, then it just like gets into like, what why is your doing dick out? Yeah. <laughs> in that yeah, case, yeah. I'd probably lead with that. Sure. I mean, in yeah, your yeah. case. But, and then uh, we can get into like my favorite novels yes, exactly. and where I grew up. <laughs> exactly. Well, there is. I mean, when you talk to someone, and I, I had this happen actually. Jordan and I just did a show the other night at, at Cal State Long Beach, and as I was as I was leaving the bathroom, mm-hmm. this guy said, "You're Jesse Thorne," and I said, "Yes, I am," and he couldn't have been more pleasant about it. But there is something really awkward about an interaction where someone knows your name and you don't know their name. Oh, yeah. I want to, like, I want to level that play, playing field. And traditionally, if you want to know someone else's name, you would say what your name is. But uh-huh. if they've already announced that they know what your name is, yes. it would be weird for me to say, I'm Jesse. 
Yes. You know, it would be strange. But I would like to know what their name is. But why don't you ask them what their name is? Because that's weird. What's your name is a weird question to ask someone that you're already like four sentences. I don't think it is. I think it's good. I think it's like, oh, yeah? I think just, uh, yeah, I think it's fine. I feel like I'm like, I think it's weird I feel like I'm like a baseball player signing an autograph for an eight-year-old if I ask somebody <laughs> what their name is in those words. What's your name? <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, when you put it that way. Like kind of like at the fence, you know? Yeah, yeah. Leaning against a fence. Yeah. In my experience, I think that, I, I, that people tend to start backing away after I start right. asking them questions. So it must be actually weird. I don't think it's weird, but they they think it's weird. Yeah. I think it. yeah, I think it's, I, yeah, I, I think it's a, a situation of, of, it's already nerve-wracking to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know – and I can't put my finger on the impulse to do that. Like yeah. why – if you see someone – and there's some people where you just – you know, if I saw like Kiefer Sutherland somewhere, I'm like, ah, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Look at that. But there are some people who you're like – there is that drive. Like I just need to tell them that I like them. Yes. Like, I Sherman need to Helmsley. Say, Sherman Helmsley, for instance. Uh, <laughs> Leona Helmsley. Yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, Clarence Thomas <laughs> Antonin Scalia yeah, David Souter Any Supreme Court Justice Because I love their work Jordan, we should say, has a tattoo from shoulder blade to shoulder blade That says Supremes Yeah <laughs> And it's not about uh, the 50 singing group yeah. Yeah. It is about the Supreme Court Justices uh, You know, there's that girl with the Drake tattoo on her forehead I just have Souter um but yeah there is that impulse there is like some stuff that like you if if you see someone from something that you've connected with more than casually i I don't know where that comes from but But, it is and what do you get out of it i i mean i've I've had that experience when i've gone up to people and then after it's over i'm like why did i do that right right it is (laughs) i don't know i think it is just like yeah just wanting to like you feel like they've connected with you so you just want it to be two way i don't if know i saw i'll tell yeah. you what if i yes. saw a rip torn on the street uh-huh and presuming he was fully dressed and, and not, not passed out with a gun yeah um unlikely <laughs> it would be hard for me even knowing that like uh uh this is a guy famous for punching mm-hmm um, I would have, and for passing out drunk in a bank with a gun, um, I would have a hard time not wanting to just touch him. Like, shake hands. Not, like, touch him sexually. No, like, uh-huh. caress his cheek. No. What, what about, like, bump just, into him? Just have him be real to me. Uh-huh. And, like, have connected with him. So I can understand that. I mean, I think that certainly Jordan and I, and certainly you, Maria, are uh, cultural figures on the, on the scale of a rip torn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> If not in popularity, just in drunken yeah. drunkenness. Drunken fights. Yes. Oh, I just, <laughs> yes. I just meant physical scale. Yeah, <laughs> right. we're, we're, we're about the, as large yeah, as Yeah, like our average size yeah. is about rip torn <laughs> <Yes>. size. <laughs> Between the three of the us, the mean size mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's it's a it's a powerful uh, it's a powerful thing. And uh, frankly, like I once in a while, I will get I, I get recognized a little bit more now because I put this on being on video, mm-hmm. and people will will I can tell when somebody is eyeing me at, for put this on. Like there was a guy I went to this thrift store sale. I think I mentioned this thrift store sale I went to last week. And um <laughs> there was this guy like leaning against a car wearing like raw denim and like uh, a red barracuda jacket and um an Oxford button down shirt 
and he was like maybe 25 ish. And I was like, Oh God, I wonder if that guy reads, put this on. <laughs> and then I went in the sale and like, I, I was a little ahead of, of him in line. So he only was in there at the very tail end of me being in there. And I was sort of like avoiding eye contact because either he read, put this on, or he was some sort of rival for like a guy under 40 who's for some reason dressed well on this special thrift store sale. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then I sort of forgot about it. And then like four days later, he, he emailed me and said, I saw you at the uh, thrift store sale. And I read, put this on. I wasn't sure whether to say anything or not. <laughs> I gave you the look and waited by the glory hole. It never showed up. What the fuck, dude? But like, it's always, it's nice, right? Like you like getting recognized, right, Jordan? Oh, it's, it's great. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I can totally understand how it would be just a tremendous burden to people who are famous to people who don't like them. <laughs> like if uh, like if Penny Arcade fans knew what I looked like and were always recognizing <laughs> uh, me, sure. then I wouldn't I wouldn't like getting recognized. But um, you know, if, if, when when you're in a world, if you're like Bob Odenkirk or something, it can't be that bad because yeah. like everyone that recognizes you thinks you're tremendous and is probably you know at least capable of of walking away after a few sentences, right? Sure. Like worst case scenario? Yeah. I mean, I can say I feel like I, the worst thing that I get when I get recognized is like you're – I'm 5'2", and people will say, say like, oh, I thought you would be taller. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst they, that they will, that they will sure. say. I was yeah. wondering – yeah, that those, those comments about your appearance uh-huh. like are always, are always strange to me. I feel like there's – like unless it's – like there's some very specific – like you, you can say to someone – you're as beautiful as I imagined you would be. Like, that's right. great, but yeah. anything else can be taken as yeah, a you're, slam. You're just you know? as beautiful in real life as you are on screen. It's pretty sure. much the only acceptable thing you can say about someone who you don't know personally's appearance. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that you have done this a few times. You've gone up to people and said, just wanted to say, big fan. When was, when was the last time you did it? Um, I'm trying to think. John I, Updike. I, I, um, the 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 one the time that springs to mind was Bill Murray, and oh, it was yeah. well, it well was, you got. I mean, that's how I felt. I felt like sure. I gotta do it. It is. I yeah, like, that I got would be, to do this. Sure. But after it was over, I sort of regretted it yeah. because yeah. it wasn't. It was. What are you gonna get out of Bill Murray? Not, uh, turns Murray. out, I'll tell you, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, he's... you are in one of these situations. I hear there's some sort of phenomenon of Bill Murray just showing up to house parties and oh, hanging yes. around. Was oh, it yeah. in one of those situations? No, it was at a. It was at a. Uh, it was at a movie premiere. Okay. Um, and I, I think he was talking to. Oh, he was. Ta- I shouldn't have gone. I picked Roman a bad. Polanski. A bad <laughs> he was talking to. What's that guy's name? His uh, John Cheever. No. <laughs> no. Philip Roth. I was just maybe the great American novelist. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I'm not gonna remember. He he played the bad guy in Spider Man. He like he has like a sort of craggly face. Oh, uh, Willem Dafoe. He was talking to Willem Dafoe. <laughs> so you were like, "Excuse me, Willem Dafoe. I need to talk to I Bill didn't Murray." Say anything to Willem Dafoe? One of our most brilliant actors. Just a true brilliant so, genius of of your craft. You're yeah, a professional exactly. actress. Yeah, exactly. It's te- it was terrible. I, I also am bad in those kind of situations. Yeah, I got. Um, I I love 
I mean, they could have just been shooting the shit, but I love the idea of a world where Willem Dafoe and Bill Murray are friends. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Here's the thing. Like, I have... Oh, they were both in the they Steve Zissou in... movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I have this job where often I will just have the opportunity to have a legitimate interaction with somebody that I really like and yes. admire. Yeah. And, and I have to say that that makes it a... That's a big relief to me because mm-hmm. it means I don't have to feel... Like, I feel like I don't have to connect with someone some, some other way because mm-hmm. i don't know who is like too famous to be on my show but also i would really want to talk to them like like is will ferrell like one of our most brilliant comic minds and like absolutely amazing and spectacular yes would i feel compelled to talk to bill murray Pro- i mean to to will ferrell probably not but i think bill murray is like one where it would be tough i really felt like i had to go over there i really felt like it but it lasted you know Five, all of five seconds. Yeah. I didn't have. I didn't have. I think that I didn't have a prepared speech, so sure, I right. just probably went up to him. I said, "Excuse me," to William Defoe, then said, "Hi, I, re- I just wanted to meet you." Yeah. Do you think Hello, that you're, <laughs> I love Groundhog Day? I'm sure uh, yeah, I said something horrible like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like his most famous. I love movie. your body of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You should have. You should have at least said. What's the one where he's a sad clown robbing banks? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, God, that's hilarious. Trading places? No, no not trading places. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a hilarious one. 10,000 people. Do not email me. I'll remember we'll fi- what we'll, the name... We'll figure it out at the break. We'll go on IMDb. <sighs> don't email me about what the name of it is. Wife and swap. don't tell me... And don't tell me that you stopped America's listening to it right after I said what it is... And then it has life in the name. Is life in the name? Life stinks? No, that's the Mel so Brooks movie. What about a movie called like Broken Flowers or something? Yeah, Broken oh, Flowers, sure. the Jim it's... Jarmusch movie. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Quick Change. There you Quick go. Change is hilarious. A wonderful movie. You know, you <laughs> could have you could have talked to him. No. I think the secret is you should write down one underrated credit for each person you might be excited to meet. Oh yeah. So they know that you're a serious fan. Like if someone came no, up to you and said. You know, as as wonderful a film as Forgetting Sarah Marshall yes. is, I think it was as successful as it deserved to be. Whereas if someone said to you, Strangers with Candy, they yes. get a few extra points. Mm-hmm. If, yes. I wonder if I go up to Bill Murray and I talk to him about how much I enjoyed The Man Who Knew Too Little, sure. yes. whether uh, that would get me any extra points. He probably hates the good ones and loves the bad ones because he's insane, right? <laughs> right. I can see that. Sure. That's how people like. If someone comes up to me and says, "I love Jordan Jesse Go," they don't get a lot of points. But if someone comes up to me and says, "I love that local commercial you did with NBC Four weatherman Fritz Coleman," (laughs) then I will take them to fuck town. I don't care if it's a dude. I will bone down with them, and you'll let them call you surfer dude while you fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck town is where where you have sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's not a literal place. It's just I will fuck them. It's not like yeah. This isn't an area. like a place that Hugh Hauser visits on California's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> this is a metaphor, Maria. It's, it's not a, a metaphorical place. place. It's not where a place it's, where it's the Bone Mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Bone Manor specifically. <laughs> Okay, look, we'll, we're having a lot of fun. We'll be back in oh, just Bone a Manor second. title of the episode. I'm calling it now. <laughs> On Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Uh, Maria Thayer, uh, mistress of the Bone Mansion. 
Terrific. That's A+. It's plus. horrible. Hey. It's horrible. No, no. Man, and I, it also... <laughs> in the running for best well, nickname. And it will yeah. haunt you forever. Yeah. God. You will be getting all those people... I felt pressure to, to come up with a nickname in people, five seconds. The people who thought they I'm, were getting points for coming up to you and saying, uh, <sighs> and saying how much they love Strangers with Candy are now going to come up to you and say... Oh my God! Are you the mistress of Bone Mansion? <laughs> and then I will blush. <laughs> Sounds like a clue character. I'll tell you um, one thing about the, the with the candlestick. One thing about this: uh, not that many fans of Strangers with Candy situation. So mm-hmm. I did uh, my radio show, The Sound of Young America, soon to be Bullseye, mm-hmm. starting in 2012 at uh, WNYC in New York City, and they have this lovely stage there, and it seats uh, maybe a hundred, hundred twenty-five, something like that, and. You know, my, my drawing power isn't immense. Um, and so sometimes, you know, we're, we're wondering, you know, do we have to lean on our guests to bring in the audience for this show? Especially because at WNYC, they make these shows public radio type prices, which is to say for old, rich old people. Uh-huh. So they always cost $25 uh-huh. or something. And uh, hard to draw the UCB audience that there's won't a, pay more than $5 for anything. There's a two kombucha minimum. Too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the last time I did it, uh, our our headline guest, it was a great show. We had a lot of great guests. Uh, Judah Freelander was on the show. Um, but our headlining guest was Amy Sedaris. Mm. And um, somehow, shortly after, we had a couple of days of the tickets going on sale. And we had sold like 20 tickets. For this 125-ish seat show. And then, like, three or four days in, the show sold out. And that was all we had heard going into the show. And I was like, you know what? That's great. Um, We sold out the show. Maybe our drawing power is better than I thought it was. And then I I got to the show. And it was right before the show. I was talking with my producer, Julia. And Julia said to me, oh, did you hear about the Amy Sedaris thing? And I was like, what Amy Sedaris thing? And they're like, well, you know how we were worried that we weren't going to be able to sell enough tickets because we only sold 20 tickets the first couple of days and we thought we were really going to have to push it really hard and do a lot of promos on WNYC? And I was like, yeah. She's like, and you know how it sold out like in one day after like on day five? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did notice that. And she's like, Amy Sedaris fan website posted that she was going to be at the show. Oh, wow. And so we did our whole show for an audience of people who go to the Amy Sedaris fan website, (laughs) which is number one. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Amy Sedaris is one of the five or ten funniest people in the world. Um, And and I, so I I count myself among her great fans. However, I will say that Amy Sedaris fans, not entirely crazy about the rest of the stuff we were doing leading (laughs) up to the last thing, which was the Amy Sedaris. Like, I felt like the warm-up comedian on my own show for, like... 45 minutes or an hour uh-huh. before we brought Amy Sedaris out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and to be fair, like Amy Sedaris, I think she was maybe a little tired. Like she wasn't ready to be, um, she, she wasn't ready to be, you know, uh, uh, manic, wild, hilarious Amy Sedaris. And so it was good that the audience was so excited just to see her because mm-hmm. uh, they sort of buoyed her spirits. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I, I guess the moral of the story is there, there are probably more of these people out there uh, than you know. And uh, they may hate your entire show until Amy Sedaris comes on. Because <laughs> I feel like Amy Sedaris is this very specific person. Yeah, so specific. So, so different from Judah Friedlander yes. also. <laughs> yes, very. 
poor Judah. I had to like explain to him. Like Judah was being hilarious. He was touring with this book of how to be a world champion was the name of the book. Uh-huh. And it was and it was the premise of this interview was basically me asking him to do like karate demonstrations for the radio and talk about how to kill a thousand ninjas and like all these different things that are in his book, uh-huh. right? And just all these all these sort of like uh all these sort of 45-year-old gay men and um uh, craft-oriented women um, sort of Etsy types are just sitting in the audience, like with just this sort of look of I would I wouldn't describe it as contempt, more like concern. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this gentleman, what I don't understand his he is not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's my strangers with candy fan story. <laughs> I also love the show. Love Amy Sedaris. I'm not putting down any of these things. This isn't a community situation. Don't want anyone to turn on me. Well, now no. you're just now you're just stroking the flames, Jesse. <laughs> I am now stroking just... the flames. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let the listener at home know that Jesse is making the jack off motion while making an angry face. Okay. It would be hard to find somebody who like who was a uh, uh, loved ninjas, right? Well, and I also think... loved like stuffed. Felt squirrel. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like the Sound of Young America audience is the bisection of those uh-huh. two things. Like, I think that the 30 or 35 people who are in the audience <laughs> to see our show would mm-hmm. be excited both to see Judah Friedlander and to see Amy yes. Sedaris. Uh, but the ones who came from the Amy yeah. Sedaris fan website, not so hot. Yeah. Not so hot on what we were up to. Anyway. I have, a, sorry, I have a feelings question for you guys. Sure. Great. So I've been known to have one of those too, from time yeah. to time. <laughs> I, I got this. Um, I, I got this email the other day, okay. uh, and I got really excited about it when I saw it, and it was uncontrollable excitement. Like it wasn't like um, not in the sense that it was so effusive, but just I had an automatic reaction of like, <gasps> you Joy. know what I mean? And, oh, sorry. Don't. I don't have to. And look, shut your trap there. (laughs) These are my feelings and I will express, I have the, I have the conch. The word making (laughs) power. I I have the conch. Sucks to your ass, Mar. (laughs) Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is kill the pig, slit her throat, spill her blood. Sure. That's all the things I remember. From Lord of the Flies. We're we're out of things that I remember from Lord of the Flies. (laughs) We got sucks to your ass, Mar. Uh, I have the conch and kill the pig, slit her throat, spill her blood. Oh, um, wow. Island. Yeah. Island. <laughs> That's where they are. Um, so I got this email. The, uh, the, sub- the subject line said Peabody Awards dash maximum fun. So I am like, holy shit, did I win a Peabody Award? <laughs> well, well, look, what does one win a Peabody for? I guess okay, I'm not so I clear. should explain. The Peabody Awards are probably the most prestigious broadcasting awards mm-hmm. you can win. Um, in, uh, in, when I say prestigious, I mean, I, I guess it's probably more prestigious to win an Emmy, but they are the most prestigious highbrow broadcasting awards. And therefore, all types of broadcasting, uh, including fiction, nonfiction, journalism, uh, television, radio, mm-hmm. and now online as well. Um, and it's, this is the kind of thing that... that I That's re- what the Honey Badger won. Ira <laughs> <laughs> Glass, Glass won one the first year of This American Life. You know, uh, last year, I think, uh, uh, Jad Abumrad and, and Robert Kralwich won one for Radio Lab. 
Um, men of a certain age won one last year. Uh, Thirty Rock won one a couple years Colbert. ago. I think Colbert Mis- won. Yeah, one. yeah exactly. Mr. Science Theater has one. Yeah, these are is, is that true? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think really? so. These are like uh, what if awards actually went to the best things, um, and and. I knew that it was a big deal for our friend Kurt Anderson in Studio 360, won one for their American Icons series. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's sort of like the there's not a lot of awards f- that I my shows would qualify for. And so I was like, oh, my God, if I won one or was like nominated for one or whatever, that would be amazing. Um, you know, it could potentially change the course of my career. So I click on this I got email. one the other day that said Jordan Morris local commercial Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just an email from Fritz saying you did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I click on this email and the email is, it says that I should consider applying for the Peabody Awards. Um, because they'd like to have more online in their pool of entries. And I was, I have to say, like, I was a little bit crestfallen. Like, I didn't expect that I would ever win a Peabody Award, but I thought, what could this email mean other than that at least I've been, like, nominated or shortlisted? Yeah, so it was, number one, it it was a, it was a mass email. Mm -hmm. It was. Uh, But it was, it was a personalized mass email. So it said, Dear Mm Jesse, and it did say, you know, you might qualify for The Sound of Young America, Jordan, Jesse, Go, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Judge John Hodgman, or something like that. And so I had never... I, I guess I knew that there. I, I had when when my wife Teresa first came to work at Maximum Fun full time. Um, one thing that we wondered was if there was awards that we should be applying to try and win. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. I couldn't remember why, but I knew that we had like considered Peabody Awards and decided not to bother with it or something. And so I, I went and looked at the information, and it costs. $300 to submit for the Peabody Awards. Um, and to be fair, like if you are TNT, $300 is the most marginal amount of money you could possibly. $300 is nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was sent in the things that they suggested I sent in, that would be like $1,500. Oh, probably shouldn't bother with Jordan Jesse Go. I'm gonna go ahead and save you the three hundred bucks right mean, there. They listed Jordan Jesse Go in this email. So here's the thing. So now here I am, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, David Graham is, could win one. This is how <laughs> they could. Sure. Yeah. My my brother, my brother, my brother, and me. They they deserve one. Let's give everybody except us one. No, please. Um. So here's the position that I'm in right now, which is I don't. It's sort of, it's a little bit like applying for college or something. Like, it is really difficult to, oh, and one of the things in the email was I should probably broach the subject with my awards coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Coco? Yeah. So you've got to hire an awards coordinator. Yeah, I'm thinking about hiring And how much do they? (laughs) I mean, I don't think they'd take a dog, so I think maybe I'll I'll make Simon do it. Okay, the baby. Um, (laughs) Maria, for you, that's the baby. Okay. I... 
here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody's going to do this, it has to be me, right? Like, I can't. My wife is who was working for me full time, and I probably could have gotten to do this on my behalf. Honestly, she can't do it. She's taking care of a baby full time. My my um, producer Julia and my editor Nick, who are my only other actual employees, they are working incredibly hard on our transition from changing the sound of Young America to Bullseye, and so it's like. I I don't know, like maybe it's tied in with trauma from applying for colleges and not getting into any of them, getting into zero of the colleges that I applied to besides the one I went to. Um, But it is the prospect of sending in, and the reality is, I don't know, I don't know how many people they sent this email to. It was a perfectly nice email, perfectly reasonable and appropriate, but I don't I can't imagine winning a Peabody Award. Like, I think The Sound of Young America is probably, or maybe put this on, are probably the closest to something that could potentially win it. But even those are not enough of like, uh, and I'm still not making Schindler's List. I'm not making, I heard Tina Fey hosting the Kitchen Sisters public radio special, The Secret Life of Girls. This is what could definitely win a Peabody Award. Even 30 Rock or Men of a Certain Age, I absolutely see how they win a Peabody Award, right? You know, like these are pinnacles of what they are. You know what I mean? And so I am like, I am like emo- completely emotionally torqued over the prospect of... I don't know. I guess just paying someone to tell me that I'm not good enough to win their award. (laughs) But then if I don't do it, then I'm like the guy that's like such a chicken shit that I can't even put myself out there. But then it's a fucking it's actually kind of a lot of money. Yeah. 300 bucks is a lot of money. I would. I don't know. You should do it. I think you should do it. Yeah. You don't think you should do it? Yeah. What? Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm scared to do it. I'm I'm here's my question. Do you oh, think thanks. you've had so the Peabody is it is it a body of work or is it a year of work? Um, I it's hard to t- I think it's just a recognition of achievement. So I think it could be for anything between body of work and a single thing. Okay. Like I think that does it does do they count the episode where we were doing the Sound of Young American College where we were in the underwear are in are in our underwear at the base of campus? Like is that do the Peabody does is the that, Peabody count? Is that gonna get sent like, in? Do you think that would be the thing that would push us over the top? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm saying some sweet dong pics probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so if we just sent in that tape of us interviewing Mark Marin and Mark Marin being a little confused and upset. Yes. Um, <laughs> or how about us in person? That was over the phone. In person, we interviewed the uh, director of a movie called Afropunk, uh, who let's just say was in full regalia. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're just standing there in our underpants. What? <laughs> this was a stunt to raise money for that, our college. I just want you guys to know that they are fully, Maria. fully dressed. Yeah, fully yeah. dressed during this interview. This not not par for the course. For us. <laughs> no. Well, what do you have to send in? What is what do they want to see other mm-hmm. than three hundred bucks? Do you send see... in like some episodes of the show. Like you have to make like twenty five copies of uh, for the committee or whatever okay. of you know three episodes or something like that. Okay. 
Well, do you feel like you yeah. have three episodes that are Peabody worthy? I think it's no, maybe I don't a matter know. of... Ma- That's the thing. Like, how the fuck would I even know? Well, do you have three well, episodes that you're just super duper proud of that you feel like could no, win No, I'm not proud of anything, Jordan. Well, then don't do it. <laughs> or, or maybe wait till next year and concentrate on like, okay, well, what are three things that I'm going to send? You know what's something, you know what's something that I'm genuinely proud of that I would feel comfortable submitting for the Peabody mm-hmm. Awards? What? The fact that I recently found out that my baby has a 95th percentile head. Can, can that, can that, yes, can your baby's head win in a Peabody? Like, I think, I don't know. I Big mean, head genes. I've now yeah. broadcast it, right? Yeah, well, maybe. I, don't know. I mean, but it's so, I don't even know what I would pick. It's supposed to be good to have a big head. Is it? What are the really? advantages? Uh, um, You're easier to hit for an assassin. That's one of the disadvantages. <laughs> If you're going to become a president or another type of public figure, <laughs> a dictator, um, or you're or you're just going to be in like a Rodney Dangerfield movie, <laughs> maybe in a football or something, yeah. you can be you're a better singer. You have a louder voice because okay. of uh, more resonance. Oh, yeah. you're a sweater ruiner. <laughs> um, that's, is that an advantage or that's a disadvantage? Because of pulling your head through yeah, the yeah. your little sweater hole. It's uh, my it's my wife's jeans. Why does that sound gross? It does, it does though. Sound Doesn't really it sound disgusting. gross? Little yeah, sweater pull hole. That, pull that through your little sweater that hole. It sounds so gross. And I felt oh, bad yeah. saying it. Knit it. After you wash it, yeah. block it. Block it tight. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think. You're gonna be you're gonna be at this for a while, right? You're gonna be at radio yeah. hosting for a while. Yeah. Just keep it in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you look at look at your body of work, if they want three episodes, do you think you have three tremendous out of the park episodes? I don't. That's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. I'm the kind of person who like I think that there are people who are really good at doing projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like remember in school when some people would do a science project and their poster board would look like so good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it would be a really great poster board, and they would really have nailed it, whether or not the content of their thing was a B or an A. You know, I'm not putting these people down, but, you know, like, they they would get the trappings perfect, and they'd really make, they really know how to make a thing Mm -hmm. for impact. Mm -hmm. I think that I am, I am frankly scared to try that hard at anything. <laughs> so it's a matter of not... Well, here, I, I, I actually, I actually like, experienced I something similar. Jordan, let me... Let me sure. I, I want to say that I, like, I work really, 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 really hard, but everything that I work really, really, really hard at... Is an eBay action? <laughs> <laughs> no, is... It, it's like... Um, you know, like, I'm... I'm I'm scared to make something that I say, like, this is the ultimate representation of me. Because if I do, then someone could say, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's sort of like David Cross's stand-up comedy. <laughs> you know, you kind of oh, always get the feeling you're going that, into community territory. I think you like this at this point. No, I'm just joking. Like, I'm just joking about that. Um, I think he, he has a casual charm. I think that's what it is. Sure. It's not half-assedness. Um um, well, here I, I actually I had I had a similar thing recently. Uh, there are um, every uh, or not every all the big television networks have a writing fellowship where mm-hmm. they kind of uh, sure they kind of groom new writers. It's like a famous thing. You submit a script and you can get like a yeah, yeah, and they kind of help you get staffed. They kind of groom you, anyways. And that's all absolutely something that I would help my career. 
Um, but you need, uh, depending on the network, you need just certain kinds of writing samples. And I've never felt like mine are good enough. But uh, this year, for the first time, I feel like mine are good enough, so I'm going to submit. And it's it's not 300 bucks a piece, but it is. You do have to pay money to submit, and there is that, like, you know, uh, there is that judging factor. There is that, like, oh, this is NBC telling you you're not good enough. You're not as good as the writers who are currently on Whitney. They'll say to you. Um, so, yeah, but no, actually, just for the first time in my life, I feel like my writing samples are good enough to show someone who judges TV writing. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to do it this year. I think they, they kind of come around at the, uh, in the spring. So, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that's, that's how I would look at it. Just, like, but look I, at your body of work. I genuinely – here's the thing, Jordan. Even though I'm proud of some uh, – of my work, yeah. I am proud of my work, um, I really – I don't know. Like, I feel like I've set up my whole work life around the premise of, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think maybe as when you are, as I was, I mean, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but just a total academic failure until I was 16 or 17. Not a total academic failure. I mean, I think I was bright enough that it would have been hard for me. I would have had to act. I would have had to be on drugs or something in order to genuinely be an academic failure. But I didn't, I didn't technically graduate. I was like socially promoted out of middle school. Like I was a shitty student. And even in college and stuff, I was like a B plus, A minus student. Um, and I think that part of it is that there, when you, especially when you, uh, when you have a childhood full of people, full of teachers and stuff being like, you know, you've got a lot of potential if you just apply yourself. You know what I mean? Then what you, the last thing you want is to really apply yourself and then find out it's not good enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's horrible. It's a whole it's terrifying thing. <sighs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, you know, you, I feel like you... You're a you're a judge of like you can objectively judge something. So And here's the thing. Like if I if it was just a matter of this is the other side yeah. of it. If it was just a matter of ticking a box and saying like, Yeah, sure, you can consider my thing. Like even when I thought maybe I'd just been like nominated for the I was like, That's tremendous. And if I had lost to something like Radio Lab that I think is definitely better than anything that I do, like I would have just been like, wow, like it was amazing just to be mentioned in the same breath as Radio Lab or mm-hmm. whatever. But to have to be the person that puts your that pays three hundred dollars to put yourself forward and be like, my shit is worth winning the most prestigious award. You, does that make sense? Does that part of it make sense to you? Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah, like it puts, I have it to puts make you a, out. It's better. It's better to not try in some ways, and then you can be like, you can I, be like, I, it's not my, it's not my fault. I, I didn't even, I didn't even yeah, submit. Sure, yeah. But I also feel like a dick for being like, check out how fucking awesome I am. I got three hundred dollars on this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Three hundred on black. <laughs> three hundred dollars on Jesse's awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but you know, yeah. I mean, but don't, but no one is, ju- like, the Peabody wants your money. Yeah. They're not judging. They're <laughs> they, like, look, they can ca- you believe this guy responded to our email ca- that we sent? They came after you. I wish, this is what I want. I yeah. want one of yeah. two things. Yes. I either wanted to be, I just, I someone else nominated me. Uh-huh. And I'm up for competition. I wouldn't even feel bad, I think, if I lost then. Because as I said... I'm ambivalent about this work sure. that I do, but um, that would be totally fine with me. 
the other thing that would be totally fine with me is if it was like, uh, you know, who's who in Connecticut, and you just pay your $300, you're in the fucking book. <laughs> you know what I mean? I sure. forgot about those books. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, who's who among uh, American yeah. high school students. Yeah, exactly. You sure. make it into the social register. Yeah. That really just means you pay the $500. I don't think my mo- I think it was I think it was cheaper than that, but I remember my mother paying for me to be <laughs> in it and me knowing that it meant nothing. <laughs> right. But I mean, I wait, would. Wait, let, is this a something that comes with the phone book? What is? The, I don't. I don't I'm not familiar with these fa- books. It looks like it looks fancy. It's like bound. Okay. It looks and, like a world book encyclopedia. Yeah, and it just has names of high school students, and I th- it's it, it's not expensive. I think it's like twenty five dollars, yeah. fifty dollars to get this book and also get your name in it. But the way that they sell it is like, oh, buy this book because. If your you buy name this book, your it. name will You're be in it. Right, okay. So they get like the honor rolls so from every high school in America. But I was not on that. I, I do not know. That's You're why I think. Plus. You're an A-plus student, right? No, 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 yeah. no. no all, you had to, all you had to do was flash that winning smile. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> Sorry, my book report wasn't in on time. <laughs> Ding. Uh, wait, what, kind of, what kind of student were you? Um, I was a bad student. I was, I would, I was this, one of those students that would... Um, uh, come would if I liked the class I would do well and if I didn't if I wasn't interested I would fail it yeah so I like I I don't I still don't think I actually graduated from high school wow <laughs> what do I you mean have, I did do you have some overdue library books is that or maybe you damaged your uh, PE clothes there was one class where i don't think that i turned in enough things wow. to get is that a monkey on your back do you still walk around thinking to yourself i don't have a ged <laughs> well i have a diploma oh, okay. however i, I well, got the diploma i went to college okay i went to college that was when she was in prison gotcha. oh okay <laughs> it's but... really great that you like wanted to better yourself instead of just right yeah almost everybody <laughs> takes their ged yeah. at, the, at the women's prison <laughs> instead of just rioting yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I, th- but there was some time in, in high school um, that I did not know if I was going to graduate. Just in my head, I didn't do anything about it. Yeah. But I was also like, I don't know, I had a huge high school. We, there was a, th- my high school was enormous, so you could just, you could, uh, you could just, you could sort of be a lot of things. You could be like a fuck up and miss class, and then also in some classes you could be But like also the- queen of 4-H. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, you strike me as the queen of 4-H type. Mistress I, of fuck men. I was, I, was, I was the homecoming queen of Apple Valley High School, which is Congratulations. sort of wow. like, but also, you know, like a, I'm, I'm still friends with my um, best friend from high school, and he reminded me, he's doing very, very well right now, but he reminded me that he used to do... <laughs> it's Rick Perry. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not cutting anymore. Yeah. He's, he's, no, he's like he's he he actually I don't think he'll mind me. He runs New York Comic Con, oh, and hey. um, uh, this guy Lance Fensterman. But um, now that I said his name, sure. he'll be. He used to. He so reminded he's me been to he, a lot of costumed he, orgies. Then he did meth in my backyard out of a light bulb when we were sixteen <laughs> years old. And now he's running a popular comic convention. Yep. yep. <laughs> Wait. So have you you've. And I imagine, especially with Adult Swim, you've probably been to cons, right? Yeah, I went to the I went to the the San Diego Comic Con. I went to Lance's uh, yeah. New York. Can I can I say one thing? Yes, he's gone from being addicted to speed to addicted to the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you said that. Terrific. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. I don't know. It, that, that's it. I'm I'm going to ske- uh, sketch fest. Uh, I don't know if that's comic book related. That's oh, not that's really something our our people will know about. Um, uh, next month. Um, but yeah, no, I've gone to I've I've gone to the the San Diego one a couple of times, but yeah. now just this year with Eagle Heart with Chris and it's Brad. but okay. Now I want to get back to this feelings issue. Sure. Okay. There's there's something about doing. For some people with a certain temperament, which I think maybe I have, and I was the same kind of student, like I, but I never try. I never really tried in any of my classes, but like, I think I never tried it. I've worked very hard and tried very hard at a broad variety of things. I certainly tried very hard at uh, rotisserie baseball from the age of 11 to 17. And rotisserie what chicken. Is, what is That's that? like fantasy football oh. but for baseball. <laughs> okay. Um, and I was great at it. I, it's, like, it's like rotisserie chicken, but for baseball. Um, it's when a baseball rotates uh, yeah. in a glass case covered in spices. Um, but Yum. I think there's something about trying really hard at something that other people are supposed to like. That is hard. Like I can make, I've made the sound of young America. Like I get into these crazy, like, um, uh, like frustration slash sadness cycles around trying to make it so that, uh, public radio program directors like the sound of young America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been really hard for me when, when we're changing the sound of young America to bullseye and we're sort of trying to address some of the issues that they have, like, my feelings are sort of like what my natural instinct is just to be like, is just to write them off. Just be like, fuck those fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll just do my thing however I want to do it and whatever. I think that's a good way to be, right? That's how new stuff happens. If you worry too much about whoever the, whatever, I, I'm going to say but, tastemakers, but yeah. I hate that I'm saying tastemakers. <laughs> that's way, that's, I, we hear, we hear your concern and we appreciate it. Yes. It's you one know, of those things where like, where you, like, this is a shitty word to use, but I can't use any other word. I feel like it's like hipster. Like, I don't yes. like saying it, but it's I mean, helpful. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Um, but whatever, if you worry too much about what they think, uh, who they are and what they think, I mean, it's so short lived. You're, you're trying thing. to make something new. I also, I also do not have the vision to make uh, like i think that for the people for whom that is a good quality they are people who are like um you know like gg allen (laughs) (laughs) Um, i mean i have shit on stages but he he did go out of the box right yeah he he did he did not care what the tastemakers no where he didn't care where they want him, no. wanted him to shit. He just shit somewhere else. But like for if you take the examples of those people that, uh-huh. you know, if you take the example of of Ira making this American life, you know, like Ira had a really specific vision and like fought to create his vision and whatever, you know, like he and and he did an amazing job and that's why he's a success. And ultimately, I think that um uh, while I'm very proud of the stuff we do and I think it's great, we're not, I'm not fighting to change the world, am I? Like, I don't think, I think I come up short in in that, in that thing where like, where the fuck you, I'm going to go do my own thing comes out as like, uh, oh, I, I, I wrote the Book of Mormon or whatever. 
Wait, okay. So the, wait. the musical? What? So, wait. So, no, the actual. The actual, the actual. So, wait. So, what's your... Do you have a nuke? Okay, so what's the concern? Is the concern the Peabody stuff, or is it now... No, you I think mean, you should go down a new path. No, it's that uh, the concern. The concern is is that um, uh, I wonder about whether I am capable of making something that I work that I focus so hard on making right and perfectly that it that I feel comfortable saying that it's a representation of myself, mm-hmm. and that um, if it's like happenstantial that I got nominated for an award, that would be fine. But then the combination of, of feeling like I can't, I can't focus on something until it feels right to say it's a representation of myself and the idea that I would have to advocate for it by putting myself forward and putting a bunch of my money that I don't have a lot of money into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess you can do one of two. Th- I guess here's my here's my thing. Yeah. I feel like it's maybe the same point that I've made, but I feel like it's you can do two things with this feeling. You can um, you can go back and look at your body of work and look at what you're really really proud of. And if you don't feel like there's enough, maybe instead of making your goal, you know, how do I, I mean, convince I'm- award people? It's like yeah, just work on work on changing your thing so you feel like like okay if you if you had three great episodes that you felt like were peabody worthy or worthy for them to take a look at because yeah radio lab will probably win or something right (laughs) um but here's the thing i think you have to have a mindset that is like basically in order to not be crippled by um in order to not be crippled by Mm self-criticism which i have in spades Basically, my system has been, well, I will start a weekly radio show, so I just have to put some shit on the radio one way or the other. I'm fucked. And so I can't get too involved in being obsessive over it and making it perfect because if I did, I wouldn't have something to put on the radio because, you know, at least in the olden days when it was just me or when it was, you know, in the in the years in between when you left and when I had employees... Um, you know, like there was no other way to do it other than just quick and dirty and fun and just whatever it is is whatever it is. And I work hard and try and make it good, but that's different from making the American Icon series on Studio 360 or making an episode of Radio Lab. Here, okay. And I feel when like I even, was, even my best work still yeah, has that quality. When I was, uh, when I was in junior high... Um, and first and first starting to get sexual feelings towards girls like there was this part of me that hated um hated any like celebrity that the girls i liked thought was cute <laughs> that mainly manifested itself against when i was in junior high billy joe armstrong from green day <laughs> they loved him i hated him uh not jtt I don't know. For some reason, I didn't find JTT threatening. I think the girls that I... <laughs> I can't imagine why you wouldn't find JTT yeah. threatening. I can take That guy's it. terrifying. I think the girls I liked liked Billy Joe Armstrong. Right. That was my type. Right. Still is. Um, <laughs> currently, 13-year-olds. <laughs> Text me. <laughs> uh, so I... Uh, Jordan, sexed you. Sexed me. Excuse me. Sexed me. I learned about that on 2020. Zwinkies. <laughs> what are those? Um... Pogs. Anyway, so I pogs. <laughs> Sex to me your pogs. <laughs> Sex to me your pogs. Um Zwinky me your snorg tease. <laughs> um so anyway, so I but like okay, but I and I remember growing out of that. I remember realizing, oh okay, like 
like a girl liking a celebrity and liking me are different. There's just there's just the social thing to girls swooning over celebrities. For you, it's like pure raw sexuality. Exactly. <laughs> like Anyways, and I started to have, and I had not felt that for years. I thought I had outgrown it. Totally thought I had outgrown it until semi recently. Let's this year especially. I have been having these jealousy hatred feelings toward Ryan Gosling. <laughs> what? For some reason. Yeah. For I some can reason. That. When women talk about Ryan Gosling. And women do talk about him. They a do. Lot. Yeah. They they absolutely do. Uh these weird jealousy feelings come up for me and I wanted Well here's the thing. It's because it's because you feel like um if it came down to it, Clooney would be on your side but Gosling would take the hot girl side and then they would both be picking on you and you'd be like, what the fuck? What did I do? Sure. I'm just not as beautiful and cool as you are. Yeah. And he'd be like, suck it. <laughs> Anyways, but it's... See, okay, the thing that I... The thing that makes me self-conscious about Gosling and mm-hmm. kind of to a... To in another, another, another segment of that is James Franco, but he's a little crazier, so I don't feel as threatened by it. They him. make you wonder if you're gay. Seems crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, my male boner is yeah. a problem. Um, is this idea that, like, they're handsome, but they're also renaissance men. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Gosling can put together an outfit, he can fix a car, he can... He's in a band, and uh, he does... He, he does... He... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, darns his own socks and makes quilts. <laughs> Anyways, so I started... Quilting in particular. Yeah. I mean, the kind of embro- the hand embroidery is what impresses me. Um, anyway, so, so... But the thing that made me feel better about that is, like, the thought that, like, well, Ryan Gosling has been a child star his whole life. And the... Um, and the thing that... And, yes, very handsome. Hard to be jealous of his genetics. But, like... What what causes someone to be able to become a Renaissance man who can play the guitar and make his own uh, uh, ceviche is time. It's time. Like I think Borst and ceviche are about the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, they're culturally, they're yeah. analogs. They're yeah. cultural analogs. Right. To the Russian people, Borst. To the Spanish ceviche. Yeah. Um, but it's time. It's like, it's this idea that, well, yes, I mean, well... Maybe if I had, did not have rent to pay and a car note and stuff like that, I could work on my alt-country band and uh, finding great jackets. <laughs> uh, but I kind of can't because I uh, do not have rich parents and I don't have a trust fund and I have to work. I just I have to work a lot and living in L.A. is expensive and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, so you're thinking of a Jod Abumrad, an Ira Glass, a Kurt Anderson – these guys all work. They didn't just start making mm-hmm. those things. They wor- worked in public radio until they were comfortable, and then they made their masterpiece. I think my There's point like is... There's like five This American a Life's point. a year. There's like two radio labs per year. Like, sounds like their Peabody things came from having a lot of time to make something perfect, which you don't. You have rent to make. You have a... Uh, you have a wife, you have a kid, you have very needy dogs <laughs> with a very expensive taste. So I don't know. Maybe think about your Peabody thing as something you can do in your future when you do have time to nitpick over something because you kind of don't, you know, because that's nitpicking is something. That's, I mean, it's it's really funny that there's an extent to which, you know, like I am the 
I do all these different things, and I don't. I don't want to make this just about me personally, but um, I think these feelings are feelings that are common. You know, people who can't write their novel and that kind of thing. But I, I do all of these different things in which I am a major creative force. You know what I mean? I do put this on. We do Jordan Jesse go. You know, um, Jordan, you and I do shows together. Um, you know, I do The Sound of Young America. I'm, you know, the bailiff on Judge John Hodgman. All this different shit, and. And I really like all the stuff that I do. You know, I love and I love the I love both the product and the process. Like I love doing what I do. Um, but what's funny about it is that none of them have my none of them are none of the in none of them am I the author or the auteur. Um, like the Sound of Young America is an interview show. It, the Sound of Young America is about the guests. It's not about me. Um, you know, I'm an important part of it. And I think that interviewing is a, you know, skill that can be developed and so on. And I think I'm good at it. And I'm proud of that. But um, really, it's about the people who I'm interviewing. It's not about me. Jordan Jesse Go is about us. Absolutely. And I mean, to a certain extent, our dicks. Um, but that's part of us. And, um, but the thing about Jordan Jesse Go is, is that, you know, it's also something that, uh, we have set up to be conversational, uh, partly because, you know, that's fun for us and it's fun for the audience and everything. But for me, I think I can't speak for you, but for me, I think part of why I'm so happy that Jordan Jesse Go is conversational is because when it's conversational, it takes the onus off of it to be exactly right. So if we were scripting yeah. Jordan Jesse Go, then people could blame us for our occasional misfires, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, we'd only get credit for the 10% of our show that works. Um, <laughs> in this case, when something, when something lands, people are so amazed that these two idiots came up with something good. <laughs> but so, and so even when we do, it's I'm funny, so happy like, to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and so even when we do something like um uh like when we did we did this show in Long Beach the other night and we did some just sort of stand up comedy-ish material um that we wouldn't have done on Jordan Jesse Go. Um that is all there's an element of that that is scarier to me and also more fulfilling. Just because it is when you go up on a stand-up comedy stage, you are actually saying, "This is my thing. I want you to like it." Mm-hmm. And I wrote this for you. Like it's not just I'm walking around. To, I'm not. It's not just you know. Um, it's not even just like I I have wrote a few ideas down in a notebook and I'm going to riff on them. It's like here's a thing for you. But I feel like comedians. It's like that, but it's also. I feel like performing is like, here's a thing for you, but there is a part of it, I think, to be healthy in it is to be like, and if you don't like it, well, fuck you. <laughs> you know? I feel That's like, hard for me. Yeah, I think it's hard for everybody because you get into this a lot sure. of times because you want people, I think it's a human thing to want people to like you. And I feel like you get into this because you actually maybe have a bigger thing about people want liking you. You know, you really want them to like you, but I feel like... Is an impor- I don't know. I feel it's a struggle that I have is to divorce myself from it. I think it's important because I think you, 
you 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 frees you up. You can do more interesting stuff. Because also, it doesn't like a comedian. If you if you're performing for an audience, one audience can love you. Another audience, you can sure. do the exact same set, and another audience will be like, "I hate you," and yeah. not laugh and totally stone you. <laughs> I'm here for Amy Sedaris. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so it doesn't really mean anything if you have a bad set or somebody doesn't isn't into what you're doing. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think that something something to know or something that that I guess I'm really aware of as a creative person mm-hmm. is there's the stuff that I'm doing because it's fun and there's the stuff that I'm doing to make money which hopefully is fun and good but sometimes is not mm-hmm. um, he's talking about Jordan Jessica I'm talking about Jordan Jessica this is my <laughs> this is my I'm just doing this to make the reds the 1500 a month he gets from this is yeah um, going right up my nose. Um, so yeah, so there's and 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 Maria, I think you alluded to like, oh, not every TV show I've been in has been great. Yeah, but you know, you're aware of the ones that are, and hopefully the not great ones you had fun doing and served a financial or career purpose. Oh yeah, some of the most successful things I've done, I have not necessarily like, in, you know, sure, not enjoyed the thing itself. Yes, yeah. So I'm talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that filming in Hawaii, getting to hang around. It was five uh, weeks. Jack McBrayer. I I get in trouble when I say this, and I know it's annoying, but I was. I we we had a very we had very little. I like that movie, but but we Jack and I had very little to do in that movie, and they uh, we were there for. Five or six weeks, just hanging out. So, like, Dude, yeah, you were in Hawaii you were on this. I just assumed, frankly, I assumed because your part in your part, like you're you're not really like you just sort of walk in and walk out. Like your 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 scenes are it's not, not a. Bi- it's not with a lot of people. It's you're like not, sort of contained. Yeah, yeah, that it, weird sex scene. <laughs> It's not like it's not like it's uh, it's not like you had a you know your small the the medium sizedness of your part in that film is concentrated not not spread out yes. over the course of the film. Yes, I know what you mean, but they I, they might have cut some stuff out of ours. I can't remember now, but we were there for five or six weeks, and we were. Um, we had one – we'd shot one day a week. Yeah, wow. So the rest of the time – and I hate the sun. <laughs> and um, My I ties. Realized, you hate my ties and that's all no, they I have to drink. Ties. No, my ties are good. Um, but deadly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I could, sure. Um, um, so, you know, we would we would just – and they were shooting. We, we wouldn't even get out of that, that – most of the stuff was shot in that hotel. Um, the Turtle Bay. Turtle Bay. I've, Turtle I've Bay. Nice. You have? I have, yeah. Uh, after I used or before? to. I, I used to work. It was after, and I walked around going, "That's the front desk <laughs> uh, from the movie." Uh, I just actually just stopped working on a TV show that used to do a lot of surfing stuff, and they had a oh, surf cool. contest out there. So, oh, great! Uh, anyways, anyway, I anyway, it was just it just got to be. We like... stayed at the same hotels, Jesse. By the way, um, <laughs> um, well, okay. Oh, so here's my here's my point about. Art is like there's there's the stuff you do for money. There's the stuff you do because it's fun and goofy, and then there's the stuff that's like really important to you. And it's all different. And some of it is a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. But I mean, I think we all know in our minds when we're doing something we're proud of. I think you know, as smart people, I think that 
you know, we're not as beautiful people. As beautiful people, <laughs> as you know, Ibiza type people. We're not. I don't know. Maybe like a weird egomaniacal guy, like Brett Ratner or something, is like uh, Rush Hour Three is going to change the world. I don't know, but I don't think we're that. Are you like, not? Sca- are you not scared to? Make something. I'll, I'll give you another example besides the Peabody Award. Mm-hmm. So because I'm on the radio in New York, I get an email from a literary agent about once every three or four months, you know, because they heard me on the on WNYC because that's the radio station that literary agents listen to. And they're like, I wonder if this guy's got a book in him. He's probably got an audience, right? And they say, do you have any idea for a book? And a book is something where... A book is something where where it really what you are creating is an artifact representing you especially a first book if you haven't written a book before you know you want to you know i'm sure on the uh, by his 47th book steve allen was uh no longer (laughs) representing himself but um he was just he was just dictating whatever came into his head into a tape recorder and then sending it to a publisher (laughs) but um but i am genuinely it occurred to me that at first I thought, you know, I don't know if there's something I care enough about to write a book or I don't know if I could take the time to write a book or whatever. But actually, I think I'm scared to spend that much time working on something where the premise of it is, this is definitely not me just fucking around. This is mm-hmm. me making an sure. actual thing yeah. that has to be good at the end. Well, I might I might go back to my original point. I don't think you have time to do that. I mean, I, you know, I, I've done some work um, recently that I'm more proud of than work I've done in the past, but it's definitely not my, here's my thing. I think to do that, you just need a fuckload of time, and also... If I had the time, I wouldn't make anything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe... uh... I can't get myself to fucking make it... Like, if I have the... If I have... If if there's no gun to my head, I'm not going to make anything. Yeah. Okay, well... Um, <laughs> do you not have that problem? Like when you're just sitting around your house, do you find you're you're, you're productive? Uh, yeah, I'm, I've gotten better at it in recent years because I've, I've you're working on scripts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I do a lot of I do a lot of independent writing that I'm really proud of, and um, but I just you know have not had the time to do the thing that I'm the most proud of, and I think I will have that time someday. But I mean, right now I just have to. Focus on keeping my cat in food and keeping a roof over my head. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I wonder, because, you know, if you take Jad for an example, Jad sure. Abumrad, the producer and host of Radio Lab, mm-hmm. I've, talked, I've talked to Jad about how he makes that show. And I think, um, I, Marie, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I, I think yeah, Jordan... I've heard about, yeah. Okay, so I think we can all agree, probably, that it's fucking amazing, Yeah. right? So it's an amazing show. Up until yesterday, I thought you were talking about Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> also amazing. Also great. <laughs> well, you, you knew I wasn't talking about Radiohab, uh, Radiolab this... Uh, fucking shit. No. <laughs> you knew I wasn't talking about Radiohead when I said I thought it was amazing. Sure. Um, I don't like rock music. Um, so... Jad's jazz show is totally amazing. Mm-hmm. But, and Jad pours a huge amount of himself into that show. And even, even the, you know, 10 episodes a year that they produce or 12 episodes a year, whatever it is now. I mean, Jad is working 60 hour weeks to make those shows perfect. Mm. You know what I mean? And before, when they were doing six episodes a year, it was the same thing. Like, he was pouring all of himself into that project. And I don't think I've ever done anything 
where I have put all of myself into trying to make something that is as powerful or beautiful an artistic expression as it could possibly be. And when I go, like if I, when I go, there's this, um, at the, uh, there's a Smithsonian Folk Art Museum in Washington, D.C. It's in the same building as the National Portrait Gallery. And there's this thing called the throne of the 12th heaven, something, 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 something. And it's this, um, if you imagine like an extra wide garage, um, for an extra wide one car garage, it is that width and maybe 10 feet deep and uh, maybe 12 feet deep. And it is essentially, it's like a dais and a throne and a bunch of columns and all of these different things made out of uh, aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this guy was like a, um, he was a, uh, I believe he was a janitor at a school or something like that. Um, and he had, he had rented this garage uh, for 20 years. And he believed that God had told him to make this thing. And it is, I mean, it, people can Google, I'll, I'll post a picture of it on the discussion thread, but it is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Um but it's made of tinfoil also, but it's just unbelievable. And he rented this garage and built this thing over the course of 20 years. He would just come home from work, go to the garage, work on it, close up the garage, go home, go to sleep, wake up, go to work. And no one had ever been inside this garage uh, until he passed away and his landlord went to open it just to clear out the contents. Um, he didn't have any you know, dependence or whatever. And, um, and the things, the, and it's, when I go see, I've gone to see it a couple of times. It's very moving to me. And part of why it's moving is because it's beautiful and it is very beautiful, but it's also, you know, he's not, you know, he doesn't work at Deacon and Francis. Like Mm -hmm. he's not at Tiffany's, like he's not a jeweler. Um, it's, it's definitely made by an untrained person. The thing that is so beautiful about it to me is that someone could express God. I mean, I'm an atheist, but express something as important and dedicate their lives to expressing something as important as God and what that meant to them uh, in the form of something that they didn't even show to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? That, they, that was not even part of the thing. You know, like it wasn't, I want other people to know about this or whatever. It was really just, I need to make the most amazing thing that I can create because it Mm -hmm. has to be a testament to the power of God. And if I see something like that, the thing that, the thing that I wonder is like, am I too scared to do whatever it is. I don't even know what I don't, it's not like there's a thing burning inside of me. Like I need to create a a ship 40 cubits by 40 (laughs) cubits. But you obviously have, you, you do make things. Yeah. I make things all the time. So you obviously have something, but it seems like, I think that the main way that I make things is by tricking myself into lowering the stakes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it's, and so the thing that impresses me about like James Franco, and I think James Franco is tremendous. 
mean, sure. I don't know what I he's, think about yeah. his art or whatever. I have no strong opinion about it one way or the other. But the thing that uh, the thing that scares me and impresses me about that is just someone who can genuinely, not as a dilettante, mm-hmm. devote themselves to something that is. I mean, it may even be shitty. I mean, I you know, James Franco wrote a novel uh, or a group uh, uh, collection of short stories that people didn't think especially much of. Some of it has got to be shitty. When you <laughs> right, do that sure. much stuff, right? You know, right? Sure, it just has got to be. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Going to go back to time. Franco's ne- Franco is never going to be poor again, and he will never have to worry about money. He's not married. He has no one depends on James but Franco. But isn't he like getting you know? like seven master's master's yeah, degrees? Sure. But it, you know that totally. probably takes as much time as Oh yeah, a but I'm like I guess I'm a lumping bullshit in bullshit podcast. I guess I'm lumping in <laughs> I guess I'm lumping in his master's degrees and his weird short films uh-huh. as opposed like just James Franco's artistic betterment of James Franco. Um yeah, I don't know. I think it, I mean, I don't even know if I could, you know, one of the things that is most impressive to me about um uh if I could even use uh forgetting Sarah Marshall as an example. Um, you know, Jason Siegel and his colleagues at, in Judd Apatow Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that is most impressive to me about them besides the exceptional quality of their work is that Jason Siegel could have just said, I'm going to be a moderately successful comic actor mm-hmm. for the rest of my life and audition for sitcoms and sometimes get them and sometimes not. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he's good at it, so he could just do that. Um, and, uh, you know, be handsome, but not too handsome and, you know, whatever, affable. Um, but forgetting Sarah Marshall is like, he's, he and, his colleagues in that organization are like, no, mm-hmm. we're going to fucking work our asses off to create something that is our thing and hope that it will connect with people on a mass scale. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, forgetting Sarah Marshall is not Jason Siegel's thing that he does for money. Um, if that is, and it's not even, it's not to say that it's like because he wants to change the world or something like that. I don't think that is. Do you think key. it's his tinfoil in the, I'm not being joking. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, sure. But is it his tinfoil in the garage? You I know? wonder, I mean, I wonder because, you know, I, I, I wonder about that, you know, I, I, I wonder about that and I admire him for, you know, putting himself out there in that way. Um, there is, there's no forgetting Sarah Marshall just to use it as, or super bad is another, it's a very similar example of this. There's no hiding in that movie. There's Mm -hmm. no emotional hiding in that movie. He, both of those films are their authors saying, um, you know, with the help of many, many brilliant collaborators. I mean, Maria Thayer was in one of them. Um, but the authors saying like, this is me really trying to make exactly the thing that I want to make as perfectly as I can and I hope you like it. Well, he t- it took, I mean, Jason Siegel, he he did full frontal nudity in that <laughs> yeah. because he thought it was funny and because it was true, you right. know? And, and that takes, it just takes a lot of, I want to say balls, but then... <laughs> Here's what I think that uh, here's the thing that I think Jason Siegel had before, and I I don't you would know better than I would, but here in in general these things they had they had two things they had the time and the means to do them like it's not like Jason Siegel wrote that movie while he was waiting tables mm-hmm. and I guess the story about Superbad is that Seth Rogen wrote it when he was thirteen but no he fucking didn't he right. wrote it when that's just a dumb press junket thing like. 
Seth Rogen probably wrote that movie between Undeclared and whatever else Seth Rogen was in after Undeclared. Right. So they had the idea, and then they had someone gave – the studio bought the pitch or they had a producer attached or something, something, something. So I think what – if you want to do your major this is I'm Jesse Thorne thing, you need – uh, the idea, which maybe you haven't had yet, I'm starting to. Th- I mean, yeah, I mean, think of, yeah. you would take people up on this book idea if you had the idea. You just haven't had it yet, and you need the time and means to do it. Like, so I think well, if you get that idea, and then you know, if you like, oh, this is my this is my big this is me thing. I think if you don't act on the idea, you don't find some way to you know do it. That's probably letting it get by. But also, you need. Like, you're a guy with a life, you know? And it's like, wh- how do you... Like, I, I don't think I've had my big this is Jordan Morris idea yet. I've done a lot of things that I really like. But you just... Don't you think if you keep working, both of you, you will... That idea will come to you? Like, the yeah, work absolutely, actually... absolutely. And I hope that when I do have that big this is Jordan Morris idea, I'm in a position to do it the way I want to do it. I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'll still have to be writing webisodes and uh, corresponding on shitty cable TV shows and stuff like that, which I'm is not... what I do. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, hopefully I'm doing something where I have the means to sit down and write out the Jordan Morris thing. You know? Jordan, not shitty cable television shows. Passable cable television shows. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's fine. It's canceled. Um, it was bad. No, I don't think it was I was bad. funny on it. I don't think it was bad. Anyway. No, it well, was it sure. was okay. It was what it was. Fair enough. Uh, you were great on it. Thank you. I think I was funny. Anyway, yeah. um, I mean, here's the thing: like, I'm not even sure that I'm comfortable letting myself off the hook to that extent because I think that if you're not if you're not digging for whatever that thing is, you're not going to dig it up. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you're not digging for it, though? Like, what do you think? You, do you, do, By do distracting you feel like myself with 10,000 other things that I enjoy, but... But you have to do them, right? I mean, to be... I mean, like, honestly, like, Jordan, Jesse, Go isn't something that directly brings in the income that buys the baby formula. I know Teresa's breath, breastfeeding. Baby formula, but she, because you, I she watch drinks, her through binoculars. She drinks a lot of baby formula. <laughs> she drinks a lot of baby, yeah. You got to. So yeah. Jordan Jesse Go doesn't... Uh, keep them juices flowing. <laughs> doesn't, or else you, there's no milk in the boobs. Right. Yes. Maria, I know you, you don't know, know a lot, lot about, about I know a lot anatomy. about chicks. <laughs> and now the lady of menorah. Ryan Gosling. How boobs get milk in them. <laughs> Ryan Gosling would team up with a pretty girl Ladies. and pick on you. Yeah, yeah. I do not think Ryan Gosling is all that. That means a lot. That really does. Thanks. You don't I more don't. than you know. Thank you. Um, yeah, Ryan anyway. Gosling is very talented. You're more of a, he's very talented, sure. but I'm just not. I'm just not yeah. thinking about him when I, you know. Sure. Think about a fella. Yeah, when I think about a fella, exactly. Right. Um, Sherman thinking. Helmsley. Sherman Helmsley. Yes, that one. <laughs> Earl Warren. <laughs> um, <laughs> Supreme Court. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, the Warren Court. Is that, okay, right. so Jordan My- Jesse Go isn't... Uh, <laughs> oh, if you have another Supreme Court justice No, joke, but I was going to say that my first... Oh God! I I I hope my family doesn't listen to this. But my first <laughs> and only, really, maybe one of the only like sex dreams that I've ever remember was, and I was young. I was in high school. Was about Ted Kennedy. <laughs> 
wow. And like, are your family like Massachusetts Democrat? Are you like, where is your family from? No. It strikes me as a regional thing. No, we're from. I was. I was. I was. Were uh, were you, were you, were you a teenage babysitter on the Cape? <laughs> No, and he was really in my dream. It wasn't even like young Ted Kennedy. It was Ted Kennedy at that time, hulking purple fat, Ted Kennedy. And he was fat. I just remember like rolling on his, rolling on his belly, like. Oh. I, I don't know. Was it? Did you wait? Were you aroused or terrified? I Maybe was, both. I think I was. I mean, I think it was it was a it was a sexual yeah, yeah. dream. Wow. It was like Maria. I mean, it when, wasn't like he wasn't doing anything that I didn't want him to do in the dream. When we talk about creating this kind of work, like this kind of really special personal work, like are you worried at all that you already created it when you had in that your dream? dream? <laughs> your, your Maybe you could. You, you probably you know you could call up Apatow. Here's my pitch. I, feel I like, am in love with Ted Kennedy. I feel like I feel one like, girl's special journey. I feel like Maria. Of July could eat, eat out on that dream for like three or four years. Sure. Be like a piece in the New Yorker, a feature film, a short story collection, and some an, sort of haunted house. I don't know. What does she do? An installation at the sure. Guggenheim. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. What was the- and I, I was going to say, I was going to say that the first, um, it, it, but we got onto another subject, the punk rock guy that we were talking about, TJ. Uh, yeah. He was the first man that I ever saw naked. Oh, you saw him personally? Yeah. Wow, really? What was that like? I was really young. I was um I went to a punk rock show. Wow. Uh when I was little. And not little, but like, you know, like four. <laughs> yeah. Like to, like 13. Yeah, jeez. At, really? at the 7th Street entry. Did in your parents take you? No, my friend Rick Wilbanks took me. Whoa, Whoa Wilbanks. <laughs> you brought some light bulbs and some meth and No, I never did drugs. Yeah. Um um but he he had Rick Wilbanks had long hair and he at the time he seemed very um bad. But that's not the big, the important part. The important part it's is Gigi Allen's dong. Yes, is that he got I he got naked. In Wow. And I'd never seen, I'd never seen a man naked, and I saw him that's not a great naked first in, one. And we I mean, in a mosh pit. We were in a mosh pit. I was <laughs> wow. probably wearing sandals. I was very girly. It's it's weird to me that someone would go to a first club uh, a first club show yeah. in Minneapolis, and it wouldn't be Morris Day in the Time. Like it just <laughs> seems like all shows in Minneapolis sure. should be Morris Day in the Time. I don't even know who that is. Oh, uh, it's Princess Band. Oh, it is. It's a Prince-related band. <laughs> it's a Prince offshoot. They, it's a band that has played with Prince. Yeah, they're they're the they're the bad guys in Purple Rain. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're the kind of Gigi Allen's oh, of God. funk music. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get soda thrown in my face when I go back to Minnesota. Nope. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't even. Um, it's not like I said Jesse Johnson or something. Sure. <laughs> am I right or am I right? <laughs> you, I didn't you bring are up, right. I didn't bring up Vanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that another Prince-related band? <laughs> I'm just saying. Isn't those bands that stuff? Prince like pretends that he's in, but that he's not. Oh, like Madhouse? Yeah. Oh, that's a, no. The what Prince does? Oh, all contraire, my friend. Uh-huh. Prince creates bands that he pretends he's not in. Oh, but and he then actually he's really is. in. Yeah. Because he uh, was reporting. You know who else does that? Billy Joe Armstrong. Really? From Green oh, really? Day. Yeah, he's. Uh... He's, he's actually Jerome. He's done two. Oh, he's Jerome. He's in more the, yeah, the time. Sure, he's the Prince of Punk Rock. <laughs> I think he's done that he three holds times. The or anyway, um, sorry. Um, but um, oh gosh, well, what were we saying about? Oh, yeah, Jordan, do you not feel like you're scared to make a thing that is really your thing? 
I, it's fine if you're no, not. No, no, no. Well, uh, well, no. Well, here, I feel like I haven't had the idea yet. Right. I think I'll have it. Uh, just haven't had it yet. And uh, yeah, I, I just hope when I have the idea, um, I, I have the time to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I won't. I mean, maybe I, maybe I will be too bogged down with, uh, you know. Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan, Jesse, go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's, yeah, well, I haven't had the idea, and I know I haven't had the idea. And I don't know. I think I'm a pretty good judge of what of my work is good and what is bad and what is fun. Yeah. Uh, and I think I know that. And I think I, and I, and I definitely know when I'm applying for things or I'm sending in writing packets, which I do a lot. Like, I know when I'm phoning it in and I know when they're good. And the ones that are good, I feel like, and I guess this is something when you are a actor, writer, performer, you have to get used to. Um, is just knowing when you did a good job and and just trying to say to yourself, somebody else got it, not because of my quality. I do not have that. Yeah, well, I think you, yeah, I just think that, uh, so yeah, but I think I know what of my stuff is good. Um, yeah, and I, and I think I'm, and I think, yeah, if I, yeah, definitely if I did my major thing and was proud of it and then it got, you know, shit on, I would probably feel bad, but, uh. Yeah, I, I like knowing that something's good. I feel like even, like, I submit to SNL every year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do a good job, and sometimes I just don't have the, fuck, the fucking time to do a good job. Like, sometimes I just have, you know, a million things I need to do to make rent, and sometimes it's bad. But a couple of times it's been good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love the good ones, and I'm genuinely proud of them, and I feel like, you know, if it was, uh, you know... I feel like it has the potential to happen. I'm like, oh, no, I could probably be a writer on SNL because I've done a good job a couple of times. And hopefully it uh, – anyway. I think so, it's yeah. important to know what – for yourself, what you think is good sure. and what you think is bad. You know, because there's yeah. so – I just read something, and I think it happened a few years ago, this Joshua Bell and the subway thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Do you know who Joshua Bell is? He's this great um, violinist. He's like one of the best violinists in the world. Okay. And he played – what? Are you sure you're not thinking of Yitzhak Perlman? No, but I know who sure that you're is. you're thinking of Yitzhak Perlman. <laughs> He's the young Yitzhak Perlman. Okay. Um, um, but he... Uh, He's the smaller, instrumented Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but he, he, played, um, he played 45 minutes, all these Bach... I'm going to say concertos, sure. but I don't even know what that word Movements. really means. Movements. Minuets. Yes, something. Something Bach that's sure. very difficult. Rock operas. Um, in, uh, in the... In the Washington D.C. subways, sure. and he's played forty-five minutes. He made some people. Nobody stopped to watch him. He made you know thirty dollars, um, and he was at the time the best, one of the best violinists. He's playing on a three point five million dollar violin, mm-hmm. and like a day before, he had sold out Carnegie Hall for a hundred dollars a seat. Yeah, you know, and nobody, nobody noticed him. And I feel like I feel like that happens all the time. That like you can you can. You, you know, you people don't always know what's what's. But good, everyone was what's, flocking what's around. Good for them. Everyone was flocking around the bucket drummers. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Sure. <laughs> not that so they're not talented. I don't know. I guess in that story, we're gonna get it's, some it's, mad it's angry loca- emails from bucket drummers. It's location, location, location. Loca- sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel great when I make something that I feel like is great. I feel like yeah. it's a genuinely yeah. great feeling, and it feels fantastic. It really does when you turn out something that's great. So. I have just, I, I, I have, my defense is I'm only, I can only focus on the process and I can only, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can only do it if I lower the stakes. I can't, 
if uh-huh. I get caught up in wanting to make something perfectly, um, I I might argue hate myself. When have, have you done that? I think I might say like, mm-hmm. when have you when have you been tinkering with something? And you're like, I need to back off. Like, have has that have you ever like genuinely had something where you're like, I could make this a ten out of ten. I wonder whether I should whether I should be trying to make uh, the sound of Young America ten out of ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do you I th- love the sound of you Young America. You could, I love there... doing it. I love making the show. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you have ideas of how to make it a ten out of ten? I mean, the thing is, is like, um, it would. I've just never done a thing where it is like my whole being. I mean, I guess the sound of Young America in the early days, to a certain extent, but I'm even then, I had a job. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it's and it's the the prospect scares me. Yeah. What is? I have a question. What? What is the longest that you've ever worked on something? Do you know what I mean? Because I feel well, like... I mean, I've been working on... I've been hosting The Sound of Young America for 11 years. But a, on one particular... Yeah. You know? So it's just never. like... I've never only worked on one thing. Mm-hmm. It was until... It, by the time I was... When I when I when we graduated from college and I was doing The Sound of Young America, um, I had a job. Yeah. And then when I moved here and no longer had a job is when we started Jordan, Jesse, Go!, um, and I started Maximum Fun. Yeah. I've never done it in my life. Mm-hmm. My life. Mm-hmm. In yeah. my I think, life. I think, you're, uh, I, think you're, I think you're scared of something that is theoretical. I think this is... I think oh, you're, absolutely. I yeah. think yes. you're just... Yeah, I think you... I don't know. I think you've created some brain anxiety where you don't need to. It's like you haven't started... Okay, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, here's something funny I, I think is a super rookie Hollywood kid mistake mm-hmm. and something I am absolutely guilty of and especially was guilty of in my early 20s. Is, you show up at Albert Brooks's house. Yeah. You knock on the door. <laughs> you got your trench coat on, you got your sock garters, and you hang the brain. It worked with Maria Thayer. It did. It did. Uh, <laughs> um Okay, there's that there's this thing and then God like I mean if I could if I could find every like twenty one year old kid in an improv class and shake him and tell him this, I would. It's like um you know, you sit down to you've got your screenplay idea, you've got your pilot idea, yeah. your spec idea, and you and a page into the outline you start talking about casting. Like you start worrying about like well, how could I cast this? And then you start wondering about like, well, which show, like, what will this follow in NBC's Thursday Night Rhineup? You haven't written the fucking thing yet. Uh-huh. Write the thing, 22-year-old asshole. Like, that's the thing. Like, you start, you get in this weird, like, psychological wraparound that causes you not to do work. And it's mm-hmm. like, w- like, do the thing first. Like, and I guess I guess I feel like that's that's what you're having the, you're having yeah. this. You're having this anxiety of something you haven't even tried to do yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But yes. the question is, I mean, I have successfully built an empire of things that I like doing, and uh, that I am, you know, I'm more successful at than I ever imagined I would be. Sure. Not especially successful overall, no, but no. certainly more than I expected <laughs> to be. And uh, and so now I would have to give something up out of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess when you have the idea, you'll have to worry about carving out the time, but... Yeah. Or, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm or still if, not or 100% if, certain I'm going to have this idea that you claim I'm going to have. Look, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've basically run our entire episode in this one segment, so we'll be back in just a second. I saw a weird porno movie I wanted to talk about. 
We'll be back. Am I got to second. save that till next week? And we're not even going to ask wait, wait, Maria Thayer what it's like to be best friends with Chris Elliott. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Desico. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Oh, oh, Maria. Yeah, don't forget, Maria. I, I thought I didn't. Just I thought because you were we just go did a four-hour segment. Okay, look, let's do. We, should we do Sorry, the Wale sketch again? Should we do the we Wale sketch again? Go into that Wale sketch again. <laughs> Remember that? Um, oh, four hours is, ago. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, that's the big line. That's the big yeah. catchphrase. Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> Um, okay, so what do we got here? Number one, we got MakePixelArt.com. Mm-hmm. This is our sponsor this week. Sure. This is, uh, I mean, w- what you're looking at here is probably the world's number one website for pixel art making. I would say so. I mean, I would guess... If there's another one, it's probably bullshit. That had the World Wide Web existed when Super Mario Brothers was invented, mm-hmm. that Super Mario and Luigi would probably have been designed on MakePixelArt.com. <laughs> I think also think so. And so, be more handsome. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All the stuff made on MakePixelArt.com is very handsome. And admit it, they're pretty handsome already. They're pretty handsome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're no Ted Kennedy. <laughs> um, hey, you want to uh, look up on the uh, Jumbotron here? Yes. Uh, up on the Jumbotron, we got BoozingGear.com. Mm-hmm. Boozengear. I'd like to know more about this website. Uh, well, Boozengear has all of your favorite beer and liquor branded merchandise, like hey. Pabst, Patron, Guinness, and Captain Morgan, for example. So any garment of clothing, uh, uh, a koozie, uh, a hat, uh, I guess that's technically a clothing Could garment. I get a Seagram 7 jockstrap? You could probably get a Seagram 7 jockstrap. I can't promise you that. Whoa, are you getting all Ted Kennedy over there? I know. I, <laughs> I just can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. You could you could probably get what? Like uh you get maybe uh I don't know, mm. like a Corona wrap, a Corona wrap for your donk? Sure. The car kind of donk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A vinyl wrap for your donk. Anyway, uh here's what you get. 15% off and uh, uh if you put JJ go in uh, in the coupon box oh, there at com and free shipping for 50 bucks or more orders. So uh, com and type in JJ Go. Also, here is a message from Lionel mm-hmm. to the people of Portland, Oregon. Lionel is looking for a place to live for around $400 or less in Portland. Uh, so if you are looking for a roommate, you should drop a line. For your walk-in closet? What four hundred dollars? That's that. that That's that in goes, Portland. In that Portland. goes a long way, my friend. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess I assumed that Portland, because it was so hip, was no. expensive. No. Only Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington D.C., and New York are expensive. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. are those Good the old, those the only expensive places? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are expensive yeah. places abroad. Spain, the south of France. Really, four hundred bucks? Sound of Young America. Sound of Young America editor Nick White lives in a cool neighborhood, and not cool as in gentrifying, cool as in gentrified neighborhood in Chicago, the one of the greatest cities in this great yes, nation. great city. Beautiful city, uh, in a cool, large, two-bedroom apartment. 
that he pays eight hundred dollars a month for. Buh. I know. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. <laughs> um, anyway, here's a little information about Lionel. He's 22 years old. Uh, uh, he's oh man, the poor guy. I can see why he's. Um, I, I can see why he's looking for a new place to live. Um, he yeah. recently ended a long term relationship. Oh, but that's at, tough. Lionel. At the moment, he's still living in the same house with the person. Uh, no, she's probably doing all kinds of fucking too. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway, that's, uh, that's horrible. Anyway, uh, he. He's giving the place to his girlfriend? Yeah. He's, he's letting the girlfriend keep the place. Oh. I hope there's not a pet involved. Uh, he That's works, when it gets really messy. He works at Burgerville by the convention center, which is almost certainly a made-up place of work. <laughs> oh, um, no. I've, I've, I've seen, I, I, know where, I know what he's talking about. What? There really is a Burgerville? Yeah. It doesn't, it's, I think this is a point of pride in Portland. It's a fast food place, but everything is like organic and locally sourced, and they have like seasonal milkshakes. Are you from Portland? I'm not. Uh-uh. I'm a big Portland fan, although I apparently don't know anything about real estate in Portland. Who isn't a fan of Portland? Yeah, Portland's a great, great. What, what a wonderful city. Um, they have self-watering um, um, planters in, in downtown Portland. That's Holy great. shit. Holy shit, I know. <laughs> they, have a, they have a robot army uh, on its way to, <laughs> to crush Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Led um, by Lionel. Yeah. So if you... <laughs> Not that Lionel's a robot. Anyway, he doesn't. He could be. He doesn't drive like a lot of Portlanders, so he's looking for some place within a, a reasonable distance of Burgerville by the convention center. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you can get in touch with Lionel. I would say the best way to get in touch with Lionel is um, either email Teresa at maximumfun.org and we will pass it on to him. Or uh, we will post some contact information in or the Or if you're in forum. Portland, just send a carrier pigeon to the community billboard. <laughs> I don't know how do Portlanders get in touch with each other. Just call the mayor and ask for Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in so just So call Stephen Malcolmus. <laughs> if you want to get on the Jumbotron Maximum. Bigfoot. Rent a smart car. We can presume that upwards of 40% of the population of Portland are jicks, correct? There's, yes. <laughs> Stephen Malcolm is the mayor of Portland. The citizens are the jicks. <laughs> um, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron if you want to get up on the oh, Jumbotron. Oh, the guy from Gang of Four, too. Um, <laughs> e- email Teresa at MaximumFun.org if you want to uh, e- sponsor an upcoming episode of the show. Uh, or a series of episodes. A long series of episodes. Sure. How about a video series that we make? Sponsor that. Have me. Maria Thayer already agreed to be in it. We've got her. (laughs) We've got some star power. Yeah. She's attached. Okay. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio star. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Maria. Maria. Maria Thayer. I just got really depressed. Okay. So. Look, we're because you realized how long you've been here. <laughs> no. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here in just a second, but there's there's a couple of things uh, that we have to do first. Okay, um, first of all, I want to issue a, a tweet of the week to Darren Glass, uh, who tweeted, "How is it possible to have such an intense craving for a fruit I have never tried and only heard about on podcasts?" He hashtagged <laughs> that one both JJ Go and Satsumas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about how good Satsumas are, and the reality is that they're the king of citrus. Um, easy to peel, packed with flavor, um, absolutely one hundred percent seedless Satsumas. Maria, do you have another opinion? I don't. Uh, my opinion is, uh, what the hell is a Satsuma? <laughs> uh, like a clementine or a oh, cutie. Yeah, oh, yeah. But they're better. 
Okay. Significantly better right. than Clementine's. Or better cuties, than a I cutie? Argue. I can't imagine anything better than a cutie. I'll send you home with one. Okay. Uh, so, Darren, email intern at maximumfun.org with your t shirt size and your address. We'll get you a t shirt. And please tweet about the show with hashtag JJGo. Um, Maria, of course, is one of the stars of the hilarious Eagleheart television program on the Adult Swim Network, uh, which stars the brilliant Chris Elliott, <laughs> who we all wish. Uh, would be our cool uncle. Um, or maybe it's just those of us who've interviewed him a few times for The Sound of Young America and are basically in love with him. Uh, not to mention uh, our old friend Jason Wollner is uh, behind the camera on sure. that thing. I mean, this thing is a tremendous. Just go and enjoy this. Uh, you, Brett nev- Gelman. Right, yeah. Oh, very few people funnier than that guy. Mm-hmm. That makes, makes some funny faces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these, people are, these people are tremendous. <laughs> I mean, it tailed off towards the end there, but no. I'm just <laughs> just <laughs> That's not true at all. It's not as bad as Community, which I hate. Yeah. Oh, boy. I what? Hate, I don't hate Community at all. I made a joke about Community <laughs> once, and then a thousand <laughs> people sent me okay. angry emails. Stop bringing it up. You're, I think you're just... You're just... <sighs> I like community. You're just lo- you're no no one cares anymore. You're just you're just you're stroking those flames. This flames dick yeah, is out. And you're yeah. jacking it off. Just don't mention it anymore. Sorry, I'm full of pith and vinegar. Uh, yeah, sure. Stroking the flames. I think I mentioned it last week, so that was my bad. Okay, and not only that, Maria, but you have one of your first ever feature length starring roles. Um, I'm really excited to hear about this. What's the name of the film? Um, Annie Claus is coming to town. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. And this is airing. I love it. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love you. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And where can we see this program? This is well. uh, I'm sure you could see. I don't know. It was on last night. You can probably see it all the time (laughs) on the Hallmark Channel. It's probably running. This is is so so, awesome, Maria. I know you think that I'm making fun of you, but I'm so you are making fun of me. No, I am not. People people are in two camps in this. It's either my family who are just like, you've never done anything I like. I love this show. You know, okay, and my friends that are like, it's hilarious. That you're doing. When I first started doing it, it was called Annie Kringle, which I, was, I wish it was still called. Uh, wait, so you play a girl Santa Claus? I play a um, beautiful girl Santa. A beautiful. Claus. Oh, girl thanks. Santa that Claus. makes it a little very foxy. My depression a little. You play a sexy Santa, a correct? <laughs> um, um, I uh, it's like a I, I play like a, it's like a female elf. Okay. It's like a um um. Yeah, it was just like a fish out of water. I'm, I can't believe I'm talking about this. No one is going to listen. Watch they'll this love, show. No. They'll love Eagleheart. They'll turn they're in. They're they're they'll ne- love it. They're never going to watch. They'll come the show see you guys at SF Sketch Fest. Of course, they are going to do those things. Sure, but they're never going to watch Annie Claude's Coming to Town, starring Maria Thayer <laughs> and Vivica A. Fox. <gasps> <laughs> Well, here, which I think this is exactly what we're like. Not to keep, not to keep name dropping my greatest credit to date, but um, my mom has not never gotten anything I've done. Like she's come to see my yep. sketch shows, and she always gives me those compliments, like, "Oh, you guys look like you were having fun." Yes, such nice costumes. Yes, uh, but she cannot stop mentioning my commercial with NBC Four's Fritz Coleman, oh, there it is. who is her favorite weatherman. <laughs> And uh, yes, so so all of my uh, all of my success to this point um, 
is is all eclipsed by my commercial to my mom. Yes. So I kind of know what that's like. No. It's like, oh, you do this because it's it's a good credit and you get a little bit of money, and then your mom loves it. Yes, it's the best thing that's ever happened to her. I look. I would take that job so fucking fast. I would do that if someone offered me seriously. If someone offered me the lead in a Hallmark movie, a Christmas, a Santa movie. I would not only do it for free, I would take a leave of absence from my real work to do it. Right? Right, Jordan? Absolutely. I mean, how, long are, you, how long are you shooting? Two, week, uh, uh, two months, maybe? No, it was six, a month. Six four, weeks? Four, yeah. four short weeks. In, we had a, in Hawaii we had a at the Turtle movie. Bay Hotel. <laughs> no, it was, it was somewhere way far away. Whatever, it's a good movie for. I haven't seen it. It was. Yeah. Not, I haven't seen it, but it, I'm sure it's a good it's movie sure. for what. It's probably for, delightful for it's families totally to delightful. tune into. I'm sure if to, there's to one word the for it, it's spirit. delightful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but not for. I can't imagine Eagleheart. I did some press for a little bit of press for it, and yeah. like the people that <clears throat> interviewed me were like, "You were like they." A lot of time were strange with candy fans, and that's why I like, could not understand. You did a lot of interviews on the Logo Network. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sure Gabe, it sounds like Gabe would love this, not knowing a lot about it. Yeah, sure. Um, anyway. You're going to yeah. become a gay icon from this. You're a total diva. That's my, uh, we should explain, that's my career goal is to become a gay icon. <clears throat> um, well, yeah. Well, do you know what your date is at the San Francisco Sketch Fest yet? I think it's the twenty first okay. of January. But what? Uh, which so, you're doing? A, what are you doing? A panel? What are we talking we're about? We're doing a panel. Special we're ta- screening. I, we're, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, what are we we'll probably at? Do- Castro Theater. Ooh, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's a great. Is that theater. a theater? It's a great theater. It's a, it's a um, uh, we, we're just we're doing a we're doing a panel and maybe maybe showing some. We're probably going to show some. Yeah, but there'll new, be new some stuff. clips will be involved. And also, Los, for people that are not, we're showing stuff in Los Angeles too at like comedy. We've, we've it, been showing a few episodes. Is it possible places. if we go to the thing in San Francisco? Is it possible to get Chris Elliott to be our uncle or How engage you, him as our uncle? Like him adopt you as an uncle? I guess he would have to marry my mom's sister. Can is your mom's sister single? He's uh, married. Well, my though. mom's yeah. my He's mom's sister tricky. is a militant lesbian. Oh, the well, one I'm like thinking work of, out great. the single one. <laughs> okay. Well, he's already married. He's married, so. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But I mean, he's been married for a while. He's probably done with that. Are <laughs> <laughs> ready to settle down with a wife. nice lesbian? So lovely wife. <laughs> She's great. I'll see what I'll see what I can do. Okay, just put in put in a good word. Yes. Okay. Okay. Done. Yes. Done. Okay. Done. He'll listen to this. He'll hear you. Of course, he listens to every <laughs> every pod. Comedy legend he, Chris he, Elliott. He watched, listens to he watched every Andy episode Claus. Of oh, I know. what a guy! So nice. With his Probably watched oh. it with the kids. <laughs> had a fun time. Okay, well, um, um, thank you, Maria. It's been a joy. Yes. It's been a joy for me too. Uh, sorry, no calls this week. We had an hour and ten minute long segment. Two zero six nine eight four for fun is our telephone number. JJ, go at maximumfun. I saw a hilarious porno movie that I didn't get. To oh, talk that's about. right. We didn't get to talk about it Hanukkah. Really, we we're going to talk oh, about Hanukkah. Hanukkah too. Please review our. You'll show. come back every episode, though, right? <laughs> You'll, are you the? Can it? Can this just be Jordan, Jesse, Maria? Go. It doesn't yeah. have the same ring. To yeah, I think it. it does. I think it's got a better it ring. Yeah. It can just be Maria. Go. I will drop my name from this. Yeah. I'm willing to drop. I gotta. No. I gotta go work on my life's work anyway. That's right. Oh yeah. yeah. You've yeah. go. got a. You've got, got a. You've got a, Your Mr. Holland's opus to write. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. Hi, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. We're three brothers. It's not a coincidence. We have a show. It's called My Brother, My Brother Me. It's an advice show for the modern era. Uh, sometimes we also take questions from the Yahoo Answer Service. Hey, guys, how many push-ups does it take to look like a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine question, Griffin. We'll answer that one and so much more, including questions from readers about love and navigating the waters of society. Subscribe on iTunes or get it online at MaximumFun.org. We're brothers. We're experts. And we're sorry. Sorry.